0: Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. And we have a guest with us in the studio this week, our buddy Bill Haig. How's it going, guys? It's going pretty great, Dennis. Welcome back, going Bill.
1: good. Hey, good to be back. Thanks, guys. Did you guys have so a good, we,
0: we, uh, good uh, Thanksgiving weekend? Extended weekend?
2: I did. I had uh, kind of. I had two. I had, one, we just stayed here. I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, it was a different Thanksgiving than I've always had. I always go mm. to family, but this was just uh, Shelley and the girls, the kids, and yep. myself here on on Thanksgiving Day. And then the, the this weekend, Shelley's sister came into town, so we did have that much. That was that's the biggest get together we had was mm-hmm. with her sister on that day. So we had two Thanksgivings, but it was you know, it was it was okay. It was fun. It was different because we were we had we had our our Thanksgiving food and it was over and hang out just a little bit and then it was over and then we like did normal stuff. It's great nice day off nice what about you did, Bill? did you Did you get the big family thing you two both of you guys
1: uh we pretty much around here we did the uh small family quarantine thing mm-hmm. so um and that that still worked out for the best because uh I didn't have to send any leftovers home with relatives so We've still been eating <laughs> all the turkey for days, which is kind of a win-win in my opinion. Nice. Yeah. Did you nice.
2: did you quit? did you go to Terre Haute with the the in-laws or, or at all?
1: Uh, not at all. No, we actually stayed in the house, just uh, the, the three of us.
2: Oh, I'm surprised. Cool. Dennis, Dennis has a bunch already at his, his house already. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah.
0: the... like Thanksgiving dinner every night at your house. Well, I don't I don't know about that, but I there are <laughs> five other adults in the house here all the time, so we're not. Uh, you know, not concerned with with that aspect of social distancing because it's unavoidable right it's just always yeah, yeah. it's always the case but um we often will gather with at least um the uh members of my family that live in Tennessee I've mentioned before they're mm-hmm. um, six of them my my sister brother in law they have four kids um but they couldn't come up they they also are at least part time uh um raising puppies like my parents do. Hmm. And so both either I think both places had puppies on the ground and so couldn't leave. Couldn't leave for for Thanksgiving <laughs> anyway, you know, social distancing notwithstanding.
2: It but, sounds like an airline term but it's actually a puppy turn airline puppies on the ground. Yeah, I know yeah, that's right? that's how
0: that's how they say it. It just means that there are <laughs> puppies either imminent or will be um born or whelped with, you know, within like a week. Uh window. Industry but, jargon. Yeah, yeah, all the jargon. Anyway, um I brined and and grill roasted a turkey. And oh, nice. um I used the carcass to make some some broth, which was pretty cool, and we put that in jars so it'll it'll keep for a while. Wait, and, I thought I thought you had like a super special like grill thing that you had used in the past. I remember uh, seeing pictures. That's, that's what i did um we we have a um an egg shaped uh kamado grill uh it's not the big green egg the ceramic one it's just a metal one um and so it's a it's a little tricky it's we've let it get a little rusted in the bottom and so it's not as airtight as it's supposed to be and it was kind of a pain to keep the keep the temperature consistent but um, i made a brine with uh soy sauce and stuff in it and uh, it turned out pretty good the only thing i didn't nice. The only thing I didn't make, breaking tradition, was uh, for the first time in like eight or nine years, I didn't make any cranberry sauce, which I was a, I was <laughs> good, a little bummed about. But uh, my sister, who lives in Tennessee, is one of the ones who always uh, requests that, and she wasn't here. So there was nobody really pushing for it. And by the time I remembered, we were like, you know, half an hour away from dinner, and there were no fresh cranberries. So I'm like, well, oh, well, I make gravy. Oh,
2: my. Man, I'm I'm thank I'm what I was thankful for this uh this Thanksgiving is that uh, neither Shelley nor her daughter likes cranberries, so that's what my thankful thing was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a cranberry person myself, although we we did try a
0: little bit of it this year. The sauce, not not like those jelly jello things. That oh yeah, nobody. I I think my grandpa liked that stuff, and nobody else in the family did. So we, I don't think I've ever had it. Ugh. I think well, it's I, more
1: of a running joke now in my family. It's like,
2: mm-hmm, somebody don't mm-hmm. forget the cranberry cranberry can that slops out. But yeah. yeah, my mom used to love it. My grandma yeah. still does. The um, we I'll tell you what the the cool good thing for me with it with that was that we had a small thing like we we actually on the just a little thir- the actual Thanksgiving day there was no sense in us making a whole big turkey and all of the fixings and everything because there's just. You know, two adults and two kids. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So we we did we went ahead and ordered from Cracker Barrel, and got like meals. I've I've together. heard of that.
0: I've heard of that. Have you done that before?
2: Uh, no. We did. I like. I'd say ten years ago we oh you, we all you went know, there one time.
0: You know what I'm thinking? Last uh, last year around this time, I was passing through Bloomington and made it to, um, the tailgate giving tales Mm -hmm, tales giving whatever um and trotsky had gotten a bunch of the sides from cracker barrel Ah, oh well that makes sense they their whole menu is that like you know yeah country farm down home cooking so makes sense well they Okay
2: so get this here's what they do they have they have uh you can pre-order like family sized meals meals that... right the the family one is uh, serves 4 to 6 and it's 70 bucks or they have like the the 10 to 20 one which is like 100 and some bucks right and and it's all frozen and you just and with instructions on how to heat it right okay. um, and you pick you can pick that stuff up like a day before or something and they had trucks outside of cracker barrel this year and they stopped taking orders for them the monday before because they were Hmm. um they were already sold out um actually it was the friday before they were already sold out um and and they they said but they do they don't do take pre-orders for the meals but they will have meals on thanksgiving and you can call in the morning and kind of pre-order it sure and they knew they were going to be busy because of the whole COVID thing but man they didn't they didn't have any clue at how busy they thought they were going to be like they had roped off entire lanes for pickup lines and those were full with lines to those pickup lines
0: i mean it's oh, wow. it sort of makes sense because if i picture you know people stuck at home they can't get together um you know and you think about all the, if you're if you have a normal get together of 10 to 20 people you've got all of that food making sort of distributed among various members and there are probably people who you know have never made the turkey and so they're like oh do we do i want to figure out how to roast a turkey you know what cracker barrel has let's just buy it
2: yeah and 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 all they have is on there was one meal the menu was one meal that's it the thanksgiving meal nice so you 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 can't it's not like when you called you had a big choice or that they were having to slop different kind of things together in packages they were just like how many meals are you wanting you know type thing
0: yeah i had for for us i had assumed we were gonna you know, be pretty low key and maybe just like I was thinking about just taking some turkey or, or um, some chickens or a really small turkey and making trying to make like a pot pie and a skillet or something like that. And I think my parents with so many of my my siblings and extended family not not able to come. They were they were ex- extra nostalgic. Dad got like a 20 pound turkey for six people. Oh Wow. Like, OK, well, I guess we're making a big turkey, but it's, it's all good. That's great. Hey, for for those
2: uh, who are not in the U.S. listening to the show, this whole time we've talked about ten minutes of the show that Thanksgiving is a an American holiday that we celebrate. in every year, it's it's primary thing is centered around having lots of food, which most m- most uh, holidays are, but this one is in particular centered around having a turkey and like very country what we'd call in in america country sides, mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. gravy, corn.
0: Um, Et cetera, it's stuffing, a like it's that. it's our specific version of of like a harvest festival sort of right right so uh, so we we overdo it and
2: and and eat I did not plan on overdoing it like that, that day with Thanksgiving I did not but man the next day oh my gosh um so her sister came to town Shelly's sister I'd mentioned right and mm-hmm. she is a vegetarian right okay. but she goes all out with like she wants to make the Thanksgiving meal so that she can one, take on the responsibility so that she doesn't have to, you know, be a complainer. She'll actually make the good food. And then she makes, like, fantastic food that's meatless, which mm. I tend to say, like, that's, you know, blasphemy that you would do that. <laughs> um, but her, I'm just going to say the word, Tofurky is yep. phenomenal. I, I cannot <laughs> believe I would say that that stuff is so delicious. Interesting. Not not that I'd say Tofurky is delicious, but whatever she makes with Tofurky is
0: Delicious. I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna say you know maybe maybe unpopular opinion, but turkey is not it like it's part of the tradition that we eat it on Thanksgiving, but there's a reason that we don't make turkey any other time. Like you <laughs> right. buy it at lunch at, at as lunch meat and stuff, but your basic like the white meat is almost always super dry, and yeah, it's yeah. it's a real has to look like it's not that great. It's not really most of it is not any better than chicken. And I so agree. so I, I agree. imagine a a meatless uh turkey is probably not that high of a bar to clear <laughs> not like yeah. um I don't know like meatless bacon or something though I know Right that, well, right. that, that so, and
1: if you're not in the kitchen cooking how much day drinking are you doing before you have to <laughs> There you go that's <laughs> that's, turkey. That's, that's the so real that, key. that probably made it really good you're six beers in I, I was that just I was just amazed that it amazing.
2: had it had like like the texture of turkey type hmm. thing right it really did and um and it tasted not like turkey tastes like its own thing kind of like it tastes like a chicken a chicken right all things taste like chicken i guess sure sure um and but she has it like they're kind of flavored too so she had these ones like they're wrapped in this year she had uh, like a honey barbecue and the other one was um like hot doritos they were all crumbled on the sides of it and stuff what, so it what is a the front.
0: what is the shape
2: of it it's kind of like a tube is where it, is how it's I'd say like a, a like a ham, not that big. I'd say maybe three okay. inches in diameter type thing. Okay. And then so, and so cheese, like so, a, and then it's sliced up hmm. into so there's circles type so, stuff.
0: Oh, so like um like a like a summer sausage kind of, but yeah, probably yeah, probably yeah, not that like a, hard. Just like no, meat. not meat but but
2: Not but meat, pretty but you know, tofu i don't know meat. actually it is that if, about the summer sausage consistency on on hardness
0: yeah that sounds mm-hmm. that sounds yeah. about right i mean i've i've cooked with tofu a couple times uh with the meal kit meals and i mentioned a few months ago when i made burritos with uh some kind of meatless sausage it was interesting because they had seasoned it such that it tasted like sausage when i first you know tried it mm-hmm. um but then in the in the finish, in the aftertaste, I could really taste the, the tofu part of it. But it was part of a burrito, right? There's like, you know, peppers and beans and everything else, like, right. masking all that flavor. It actually, right. I liked that better than the burritos I made with ground turkey, to go back to mash yeah. on turkey a little bit.
2: Yeah, true. And, and, and I will say that beyond this year, um, last at least five years, I just don't have turkey. I just eat ham. I'm fine with no turkey. Mm-hmm. It's too, like you said, too dry. It's the... But anyway, so I we had that, and then she, you know she just makes things that kind of like if you go to the Allery here in Bloomington, it's it, they're, they're meat flavored, I guess. So you would kind of not know. Like I had sure. gravy, and I thought I swore it tasted like it had you know chicken droppings in it or something. It was just really yummy. Uh, so anyway, I, I'm one of those guys who like a meatless thing sounds terrible, that's horrible. But I really really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. It's the second year I've had it, and I really like it. So that was. And and I, that was the lead-in to say that I stuffed myself too much on that day because it was so good. <laughs> and nice. and, I, and I do like uh, mashed potatoes. I'm a big fan of mashed potatoes and sweet potato pie and stuff like that. So anyway, oh my goodness! So did you guys get to uh, play any uh, video games this last week? In your
0: in your time downtime. Um, I not as much as I wanted to we mentioned last week that the new wow expansion is up and uh oh yeah yeah our our friends who are also playing um about four or five of us uh this time around maybe six um several of them apparently had even fewer family obligations than i had and so when i couldn't really justify like just hanging out in my room all day you know i had to be upstairs like hanging Mm -hmm. out and watching movies and I also had three movies to watch for this podcast um my friends were on wow all the time doing all the things and together and that was very frustrating for me sort of uh wanting to be a part of that cast cast a little bit of stress over the whole weekend but you know I I made food and tasks and still had a good time but we're playing that we're liking it it's uh it's all it's all new things but uh awesome Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm
2: I'm I'm playing still playing Neverwinter and mm-hmm. really really enjoying that. I think one of the parts that really makes it even more enjoyable for me is that it's D&D stuff. I I said in the past show when we talked about it is that it's coming off a Japanese MMO. I it feels very American, so I feel it's a weird comfort home type thing playing mm. stuff with things and dialogue and presentation and stuff. Um it double helps that it is in the Forgotten Realms, so although It's been a long time since I've read any Forgotten Realm stuff. Occasionally a name will pop up here and there, and I'm like, I know that. I I recognize that. And then you'll see somebody come across like, oh, that's the thing, which is really fun. It still has a problem that every MMO has that I always complain about, is that anything MMO over more than five years has systems upon systems upon systems upon things that are, you you just got to figure out, and it's ridiculous, and it's real annoying. So I still struggle every time I play that game with Okay, how many more things are they going to tell me about? How many different <laughs> kinds of coins
0: are they having, and what's different kinds of reputation or whatever? And is the it's re- it's really is long. the combat in that game uh, based on a particular edition of Dungeons and Dragons, like uh, Neverwinter no. Nights was? No, not at all. Is, um, it, is it similar? Like, do you have like same spell names, magic missile, and so forth? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's got the it's it's D and D flavored. So you have like that's one of the things. Like when I I get these things, I can see a spell like. Um, uh, ghost sound or something, right? And and I, I, I know from all editions of D&D what ghost sound basically does. I kind of know what this is doing, right? And, and you get a fireball. Okay. I know that it's going to be an area effect fire-based thing that causes damage over time, right? Um, so that's just an easy one, but there's Rave Enfeeblement was an example when I got yesterday, and I know that it's going to, you know, make them a debuff type thing because that's what D&D, it does in D&D, and it's a, a channeled ray thing, which it does in here. Uh, if there's anything, I'd say it does kind of got fourth edition ideas, meaning that it has, that it has, cause that's, I think when it was originally made, it has uh you know, all D&D has been turn-based type stuff, right? It's been turn-based combat, but
0: yeah, well you, here can't, it's, it's you can't, you can't run timer, you can't run cool down timers in, in a table. I mean, I'm sure somebody has, but sure on the tabletop yeah, it's, it's easier to just say turns
2: it's more it's definitely an action RPG that you can play with a controller for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um but the it, it deals with things like um in fourth edition you had dailies, encounter powers and at wills. That was probably the biggest defining characteristic oh, yeah. of that, I of that those. genre. Or that series. Yeah, Bill Bill played that a lot. Um and so you would you spells or abilities that you would have once a day because they were the most powerful. You'd have encounter mm-hmm. powers that you could have only once every time you fought. And then at wills, which you could have any times you want, so they got less and less powerful type stuff, but more staple bread and butter. And they've translated that into the game same way, that, you know, if you're, let's say you're a healer class, a cleric or something, you're at wills that you can cast all the time, have some kind of heal to it. That way you're always able to do your kind of primary role. Hmm. Um, and then you have your encounter powers that just have a, a, a longer cooldown, not not terribly long, maybe like 30 seconds or so that you can, that are more powerful and more yeah, defining yeah. of you of your, as your class. And then the dailies that happen once every, like maybe once a dungeon, they take a long time to fill up. Um, and then they do big powers and such. So, which are pretty cool. So yeah, and it, it's, uh, and I keep going into it the best. I don't want to talk too much about it. Cause we talked about it last week or so, but it's got, um, campaigns, you know, it's got the, like, we when we talked about um, Final Fantasy, we I often complained about the main story quest where it all goes into one long massive story. Mm-hmm. This breaks it. The this game breaks it into chunks so that you can start a campaign and there's twelve of them out and they're kind of like the main story quest in Final Fantasy, but just chapters, right? And they're self-contained stories. Okay. Um. So you don't have to run one without the other. Right. They'll say, hey, the dragon cultists have been harassing the people over and whatever, you know, can you go look at you start and accept that campaign? It's got its own mechanics and systems and reputations and and trials and dungeons and stuff. Um, And you can do that or you can go do this other campaign or this other campaign. And then when you're done, you can invest in it. And I really like that. I like that I can do whatever which one I want to do. Um yeah, so that's that's kind of nice. But anyway, it's uh, got its own problems with systems upon systems upon systems. So I've been trying to get Bill. Bill came over last week. Uh, I've been trying to get Bill to buy Mortal Kombat 11. Have I talked you into that yet,
1: Bill? Getting close. Getting close. It's in my shopping cart. <laughs> Virtually. Dude, it's
2: like $15. You just got to push it. I'll, I'll send you a $15 check. How's that? All right. All right.
1: It's like paying to play to beat your butt online.
2: Uh, see that, that's that's the thing with Mortal Kombat is that uh on november 17th it came out where it's crossplay now so mm. yep. that meaning it can play between xbox one and playstation or switch or pc um and uh bill has an is an xbox one owner that's something that okay I, I, what generation was it that you decided to go to the dark side i forget like just xbox um. 360 generation
1: about halfway through the three sixty
2: generation. Yeah. And, and so Bill has always owned owned or Xboxes and I have owned
0: PlayStation. So that's, can't that's play around consoles. the same time and generation that I switched the other way. I I mean, I was not a current uh you know, like a new console owner for a long time because I did PC mm-hmm. gaming and my PC was never all that all that particularly powerful. I was, you know, very like uh uh S- spend money averse, whatever the f- term for that is, mm-hmm, spend thrift mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and I got an old Xbox ar- around the time I think the 360 came out, maybe a- within a year before, um, so that I could, uh, well, what we now call jailbreak it to uh-huh, um, right. y- to make a media a media machine. And then when, well, I bought the Switch, uh, not Switch, uh, the Wii. On launch day we've told that i've told that story before um but that was a you know sort of social thing and it was a cheap console inexpensive yeah. console i should say um and i bought the 360 to use as a media machine because it had better um like file network uh media playing capability out of the box than than the ps3 did and mm-hmm. then um, at one point, my apartment got broken into, and they stole my Xbox and Oof. Guitar Hero guitar Oof. and and all of that stuff. And I was like, "Well, this seems like a good opportunity to switch." And it wasn't for any specific reason. And I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about consoles. But that uh the only two of my friends that I interacted with regularly who played on consoles and not PC. Um, or both you know the one the console they had was the ps3 Mm -hmm. and so i was like eh, you know i might as well switch and it had at the time like the multiplayer was free you didn't have to pay for xbox live i think that was the only real um, oh yeah the only real question question mark on on that for me although i know the 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 trend for a while i think was that people who played multiplayer were Xbox people and people who played single player games were more PlayStation but I don't know if I think at the time true. you're right that, that's what it was
1: yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's why I actually made the switch uh, I mean and also I had a buddy who worked at uh, one of those uh, disc replay places and he's like mm. hey come on in I'll make you an offer you can't refuse basically giving me a 360 nice kind mm. of nice. deal but at the same time all my friends are doing multiplayer games they're on the 360 and yeah. yeah you had to pay 55 $60 a year but in my opinion it was still you know light years ahead of the playstation which was free but when the playstation network would go down they'd be like well you know deal with it it's it would, free it was just down yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah i heard i've heard but that when
1: you've got millions of people you know millions of people paying for a service you know they're going to try their hardest at least they tell you to get that back up and running lickety split yeah right yeah so i think again, for me i, I was... just had more french gravitating yeah that makes games. perfect
0: sense for me i think i was mostly using it for netflix and I was like, "Why am I paying for Netflix and Xbox Live? Like, I'm not. I'm not doing yeah. online gaming. Why am I paying for it? Right.
2: Uh, yep. J- yeah. J- just just to clarify that that actual the actuality of the evidence presented here uh, during that generation, the the um, the PlayStation was not server based and the Xbox right. was server based that that was the actual difference people people everyone came around and it was reported in the same exact way that you two were just conversing about it but the, the the real thing was that you could get on say with a Battlefield game or a uh Call of Duty game and you could just log on to their servers and then you would match the matchmaking is what you had with um playstation you could get in but you would have to get in a lobby of somebody that was either hosting it on their own playstation on their own pc or with your friends if you had like like bill and i could play together because we knew each other and we could play against each other yeah i heard that it
0: was couldn't um it was it was game-based right because because sony sony was not investing in into infrastructure of their own like um microsoft was and of course microsoft is uh, you know, a, a PC company, right? Like yeah. they have massive servers and, and stuff. That's part of why they're doing some of the things they're doing with their, their new generation, as far as payment plans and stuff, they have, right. they have some infrastructure that Sony just doesn't have.
2: Right. So, so it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't ever the case that like, say it, Sony's servers would go down and it was free. So they just wouldn't care because they never had servers. Right. It was n- it was n- it would it's not, it wasn't it was free because they never had that yeah but, whatever, so game, you,
0: whatever game whatever right. game you were playing their servers like Square Enix's servers would go down exactly or yeah, so Square yeah, Enix well, I mean, or EA
2: yeah. so so the the thing about that was that um like Call of Duty's or whatever they would also use the same things they just used the the friend matching up through the stuff but because Microsoft ran those servers the 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 friend servers, so that you would always have online, that you'd see your friends always online and such, uh, it got mistaken for the fact that they were the ones doing everything. But if you had Call of Duty on a PlayStation, or you had Call of Duty on an Xbox, they still run through the EA servers, and they were still matchmaking. So if one went down, the other went down. Hmm. It, it, was, it was equal on that, but the difference there and that the real difference there was that the matchmaking of, you know, your friends and your friends lists and all of the, the, the people that you had together. Sony never had any of that and, and couldn't do any of that. Well, right. Um, there was no unified stuff in each game. You had to like, what's your call of duty name, Bill, right. Instead of what's your PlayStation name.
0: Yeah. Like or, some, some PC stuff is still that way.
1: Was it? I thought it was, I'm pretty sure I carry my, ps tag through all my games is if i log in now my ps network or didn't the ps3 the network the P- came on later ps though, didn't ps3 Before did the but
2: not but not what that generation we're talking about was the playstation 2 generation no oh, not, i thought we are talking
0: about ps3 yeah, yeah. ps3 the, not with the 360
2: that yeah the ps3 had all that and it and it also yeah, had, that's what i was talking this, about right, right yeah ps3 had had paid service too i paid that Toward the, the end, because
1: I had the PS3 in the beginning. It was still free. Then I leaped over, and then about uh, half right. a year later, it became paid. Yeah,
0: it, it must have been later, because I had a PS, PS3, and I never did a subscription like that. And I have it now for the PS4. It actually just renewed, because I wasn't paying attention to it. And I'm like... With taxes and stuff, full price it's up to like sixty or seventy five bucks now, and I'm like, uh, I'm sure it's worth it if I were using my PS4 all the time, but I'm not.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. If you weren't, if you're not using it, then it's not a thing for sure. Um, Yeah, I don't know. The I remember playing for. uh, uh, Yeah, I'm trying to look here. It looks like it launched with with the PlayStation, PlayStation Network did. With I, I, I remember I remember buying it. I'm pretty sure I remember buying PlayStation 3 on launch day and buying the subscription.
0: I think
1: they had it, but you didn't need it for... Yep. You for would get games. other things that, you know, they're free downloads. Yeah, I'm, because I'm I wasn't 100% positive I didn't.
0: I was just streaming oh. Netflix and stuff. I didn't, I didn't need it. I, for the Xbox, you needed it to even stream Netflix. I oh, was like,
1: I'm not paying $60 a year just to play games online because I can do that for free on the PlayStation. <laughs> They're like, well, it's this much better.
2: Sure. Oh, I, okay. I get, I get your confusion here now. Okay. Yes. Yes. PlayStation had a free option. They also had a paid option. And yes, you could if you paid with the free one, you didn't get crap. And I'm assuming Xbox did not have a free option. You had never had a
1: free
2: option. Right. Oh, so what makes PlayStation worse in that scenario?
1: Uh, At the time when I hopped over a again, because all my other friends are online or on the Xbox. And what I saw, what the PS at the time wasn't charging for $60. It was kind of like, I I got some old titles. I'm not going to play anyway. So I might as well just hop ship. That was the main thing.
2: Yeah.
1: It was pretty much half a dozen, one or
2: the other. Well, anyway, the, the, uh, so we, I guess the long around that way is that B- Bill and I are on two different, on two different systems. Um, so we're perfect example of people who would like to play together, uh, but cannot because of all of the red tape that happens with consoles and PCs and crossplays and stuff like that. Uh, Dennis and I have talked about this ad nauseum in the last several months. Um, but uh, Mortal Kombat has a has a workaround, and that's still in beta right now. And we tested it a little bit, and when he came over a couple weeks ago, um, where you can just do just just with your friends, right? Like if if we're friends, we have a Nether Realm Studios account, we have a specific name, and then we can play play each other. So it's not like the big matchups and all the full featured stuff that Mortal Kombat has for matchmaking and King of the Hills and stuff like that, but um just in their beta there that do this so it's our other friend anthony is him and i are going to start playing that one pretty regularly and we're trying to get bill in it um anthony came over with us and uh handed my butt to me (laughs) hands down so i need to to practice at that game a bit it's terrible you know when you're you're playing um single player games like that you have um I have a tendency to not really, I mean, I can work hard to learn, learn a character, but what's the point? You're only playing the computer, right?
0: Yep. Sure.
2: So, I mean, you can play anonymous online people that, but they just feel like a computer on hard mode. (laughs) Right. Like,
1: yeah, that's no way. Yeah. Computer won't learn that you're going to do this same move over and over and over to get past it. Once you figure out that move, you know that the third character on the fourth board, you can throw a fireball and it will hit them every time. Right. But the human, the human AI will be like, "Hey, no, I'm gonna block this time, or I'm gonna jump over." And you're like, "Oh, I don't yeah. have the counter for that."
2: Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I should, I should start someday embracing online play with fighting games. But I'm just, it's, it's. it's Bill and I used to have this thing where we would go to, um, we were, we were, we grew up in Terre Haute, Indiana. There was a college there called Indiana State University, and they had an arcade down there. And Bill and I used to play at the arcades at, at the mall. But if you went to, to ISU where the college was, then you'd get um, the international kids mm-hmm. who were there. And they were phenomenally better at, at Street Fighter than you could ever be. So it's one thing to start whipping up on each other at the mall. But if you went down to ISU, you'd get whipped up real bad. Like they were robots. Yep. They were so good.
1: <laughs> it also cost a little bit more. You weren't using tokens. You, it was actual quarters, if I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. It wasn't Quarters. five games for a dollar, it was two for a dollar and you you lost pretty quick.
2: Right. You'd lose real quick and they'd be like just nomin on you, no problem. Ugh. Nice. Anyway, goodness gracious. So yeah, I I I have been trying to play more. I did buy that uh that Avengers game and played it and I talked about that last week. I've only got to play a little bit of it than I than I wanted. Still playing the story and smiley entertaining. But yeah, it's good. Uh we did I did get to go last weekend and last Sunday I decided to uh brave the, the the stigma of going to the movie theater though. Sydney and I went ahead and went to the movie theater last weekend. And uh I, you, I was I was very timid in doing it.
0: Did you go watch we went, did you did you go watch Empire Strikes Back again?
2: I, if it was there, I would have. <laughs> but I it did not. Uh there there were more people though watching watching um Empire Strikes Back. When I went then, than they were for this. We went to go see the Croods 2, and and I didn't. I I thought the Croods was a very underrated kids movie. Like it was very entertaining for adults and kids. Okay. Um. And and Sid really really liked it. And when we went to things to pick out to watch, uh, it was between Elf, um, A Christmas Story, and then the Croods two. And she really wanted to watch the Croods two. Um. It was very, very entertaining and very, very fun. But there was only like three families there of like four kids or not four kids, four people. Um, So it was almost like a whole theater to myself. Although it felt very sad because you go in there and there's only the workers there. There's like Mm. three workers all together. One at the very front, one at the stand and one at the entrance or something, you know, picking up stuff. That's. And there's nobody else in there at all, and it just feels like, and they're all like very happy to see you because thank you for giving us some kind of money.
1: But, yeah, exactly.
2: the The guy was the guy that took the ticket. The kid was really nice, and he was. I gave him my Stubbs card, which is it's an AMC thing, and um, I'm I'm usually an, an AMC A plus member during normal non COVID times, and that means I get like three free movies a week. And he's like, well. Just want to let you know that you have to reactivate it if you want to. Like I said, no, I don't want to reactivate. I'm not going to see movies all the time. He said, oh, no problem. He says, but so the word is, and get this one, you are like this. He said, it, it's looking like we're trying, that we're shooting for next March, that we'll think that we might be able to start having A plus stuff back up again. They're hoping to get more people back in here. So it sounds like from the AMC staffers, they're not planning on having real work until at March the earliest
1: which is kind of
0: sad. Made me real sad. Sure.
1: Okay. That could be also when all the movies are getting ready to roll back out that have been shut right. down or delayed.
0: And yeah. We, that's, that's probably no small part of it.
2: Yeah. I, I told her, I told Sydney, I said, no worries if, uh, if we lose. Cause she was like, I really hope that they don't close. I really hope that the AMC doesn't close. I hope they don't close. It, it's our big movie theater here in town. And I was like, uh, don't worry. I said, if they, if, if they close, Uncle Uncle Trotsky and and Dennis and I will start up a, a new movie company here in Bloomington. We'll yeah, yeah, movie. that would be.
0: I mean, AMC is fine; they're a Chinese-owned company, but right. if if those buildings go empty, somebody will buy them, and and uh, that's right. And it, and it might have a uh, Trotsky, Daniels, and
2: Rogers on the front of the of the that, nice. That nice. <laughs> if they
1: go empty, a Halloween store will always take its place. But, there you go. There you go. God,
2: that's even worse. <laughs>
1: it's even worse.
2: Oh man! There's a there's a Dunkin' Donuts that that started uh, coming in one of the old. It was a, a steak and shake building down by the mall, and they were redoing it. But now they're they're gonna they're gonna open up, and nobody's gonna go. Like it's gotta be terrible for anyone who's open up businesses or thinking they were open up businesses or.
0: Yeah the uh, the next town, uh, the next sort of modern. Well, it's the town where the theater is. For me, it's about half an hour away. It's also where uh, the Menards is, the DIY store. Um, they're building something out in front of one of the um, uh, Meyer that we have up here um, that looks like it could be a Starbucks. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe that's just me think because I know they had a Starbucks like 10 years ago, and it didn't. Mm. Uh, they had to shut it down. I mean, maybe the population has grown such. There is a small uh, university there. That's where I went to school. But uh, I'm like, man, I guess they're maybe I wouldn't imagine that that Starbucks is doing well in this in this time of people like I'm sure there are still people out and going places, but it's got to be reduced. So uh, that's it, it.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say that they're, they're actually doing really well. Hmm. The, the Starbucks are they're They're not they're not doing 100 percent what they were, but they're not hurting. I can tell you that much. i All our Starbucks' around here have always have lines of cars all the way out. So, it's... Yep. Yeah. They're not seating anybody, but...
1: Yep. I actually went to a game store um, because, of course, the information on the internet was wrong and they weren't open yet. And I got Mm. caught in that. I was like, oh my God, somebody let me out. You know, because the Starbucks line had wrapped around the Mm. little miniature strip mall to the other side of the parking lot that I was trying to leave.
2: Yeah. I, I have gotten starbucks i think twice in this whole pandemic time i wanted to get my um uh chestnut praline that i i tend to like hmm. it was once a year i get and then i got one at the airport or something because i was had an hour to wait um but the uh that i went inside because the lines were you know mm-hmm. down the block i'm not kidding and they still are i was out last weekend and they were they were out
0: I've, so long so i've been a couple yeah. times there's there's none around here um so it's only when uh I'm traveling but I think every time we've traveled I I went to I went to one that the um one in Martinsville was probably the first place I went right after ICG Con back in the spring when we were in mm. the early days that was the first yeah. place I went that had um was starting to implement measures uh oh know, really so, so like this was before I think people were even saying social distancing, like we were still just talking about hand washing, but they were not, I forget what they were doing. Maybe they weren't taking personal cups, um, which is a thing, you know, I try to do all that extra paper, but I was like, okay, weird, but fine. Sure. I understand.
2: Right. Yeah. I think, um, any places that have already done drive through are doing okay. I think
0: yeah that makes sense and and they already had
2: like people would um do drive through with Starbucks anyway, Right. so it's just kind of like, kind of a i could go in or i could or i could um drive through now it's just always drive through so it's no big deal they just do that um we have a We have a domino's here that has pickup and and a, a dining room and and they're still doing okay because they have they always had a drive through window yeah um yeah, we but, have. Whereas like, other our Pizza
0: Hut, not. it's the same the same way: drive through or delivery. Uh, yeah, a, I, I've heard fine. that
2: restaurants that have successfully pivoted to pickup have have not thrived, but they have been able to tread water. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know. Well, hopefully, they can continue to tread water as the as the winter months come and and people can't you know go outside for their food. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, so, hey, speaking of this kind of stuff in movies, um, so I was reading today how Godzilla versus King Kong, that's a weird thing to say, but that, that's, that's, a, that's one of those summer blockbuster movies that, you know, yeah. is a gigantic monster movie you want to see on a gigantic screen thing. Um, but they're, they are talking about that it, it, it's, uh, you know, making, being planned on uh, possibly being released on uh, the streaming services. Now we're seeing some of that with uh, Bill said uh, Wonder Woman eighty four right mm-hmm. uh, is happening. Yep, is is doing um,
0: both. We've seen some uh, movies uh, streaming only, the new Trolls movie, the um, new Trolls movie, uh, Mulan, Hamilton, and then and then some of these simultaneous theater and streaming releases like Wonder Woman, and there was another one that I'm now blanking on, but yeah more and more as as this continues and well, well get this
2: this is what's even more interesting about that kind of addition to the story is that um it is reported that uh godzilla versus king kong it has netflix has offered 200 million dollars to stream it on their on their channel okay wow i, I know that's that's the big thing is that places like Disney, sure, they have their own pipeline for making movies automatically, like A-list movies that go from, that should be in the theater, but now go straight to, to video and they can continue to thrive. But Netflix can't compete with that, right? They have, they don't, they have their B-list, constant B-list movies, um, but nothing big screen type worthy, I guess. Um, so they, right, right. They're, they're looking at paying for first runs now which before would have been unheard of, right? Because you have theater groups and unions and stuff like that, that complain and, and picket and stuff. Yeah. You can't anymore. Right. It's like you totally cut the legs out of underneath that. How do you Mm, feel about that? That that whole, that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, how do you feel about that? I mean, is it, I know, it sounds like it's good for the consumer, but it feels like it's bad for going to the movies, I guess, but, I guess if you don't like going to movies it's okay though right it's kind of a boon
0: in general right yeah it's hard to say i mean more more choice is always better for the consumer um but i agree with whichever of our friends uh, peter or trotsky or somebody who said that the one of the main values of the theater is, is being in that window of conversation, right? It's the, the whole reason that we as a culture make such a big deal about spoilers is if you have seen the thing that's new, you get to talk about it with all the other people who have seen it. And oh, right. the like renting it and seeing it at home, even if it if you have to pay more for it, there's still somewhat of a barrier, right? If you're saying like, oh, yeah, we're not going to pay $30. We're going to wait until it goes into general right. streaming, um, I, so, I remember that. I
2: remember I saw about that because I think I now I remember saying that for me it wasn't anything about the conversation at all. Kind of like this crude thing. It's not like I went to the to the movie theater so that I could talk about it with friends, right? Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Not like not at all. That wasn't had had nothing to do. More had to do with sitting in this nice dark spot watching a movie for an hour and a half with yeah.
0: And I think that and- I think that experience will continue. Will continue to happen. I think there will be enough people. I mean, maybe not to the same degree, you know, maybe we'll get back to a place of, um, you know, having two or three screen theaters and having it be more of a, more of a quote unquote luxury experience. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, but.
2: I, I I can say I, I hope I hope that they don't die out is the biggest thing. That would be a, that I, I, I still think that um, drive through or drive drive ins have a, a great experience that people should do. And going there is different mm-hmm. than you know any other. Even going to a movie theater or staying at home, you know, going into your car and sitting there and playing out with kids out and as the 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 sun sets and the the music playing throughout the stuff and that's a whole different experience that just is. Mm-hmm kind of gone in the the world these days Um, and it's it's kind of a loss so losing movie theaters I think would be the same thing yes we could all watch it at home but I think that just eventually leads to less quality movies You just, we end up having Netflix stuff. Well,
1: then, like you said, the experience of going, I remember being even younger, like my parents dropping me off at the front of the movie theater, meeting my friends, (laughs) you know, and then later on in life when you can drive, like, Hey, let's go see this movie and then go mess around afterwards, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, if those go away, you also miss out. Yeah. I don't, I
0: don't think that desire will, will go away. I mean, drive-ins have been in decline for decades and they're, they're still not gone. Right. Right. There's still right. Yeah, a sure, not like, truly it, gone,
1: yeah.
0: It's not a mainstream part of the thing. It's just like, well, not just like, but it's similar to how there are still people who ride horses, right? There are still horse races and a whole, you know, I mean, setting aside things like the Amish. Uh, like, we've had cars for over 100 years, but horses are still around, and people still use them for things, um they're just not the the only you know they're not the primary option anymore and i don't i don't know if that'll happen to movie theaters um but even if it does i don't think they'll disappear uh, right they'll exist but, but in uh, some form it just might not look like the massive multiplex system that we've had
2: yeah i i one of my uh was it doom and gloom fears is that we we end up what we end up with is TV and TV and Netflix quality media? Like we've always had the capability to do home entertainment with movies and and film, but it, it invariably has never been the quality that you get at a, a think Granted, there's tons of crap movies that are on the theater, and tons of
0: yeah decent I movies that are in at on the on the television. I, but I don't know. I don't know that I buy that that association because um you know before before home televisions were ubiquitous you had you know just basic news you had real you know just sort of factory cranked out um kind of movies in the in the 30s and 40s kind of like the yes there were definitely good movies being made but there was also plenty of just forgettable uh you know sort of mediocrity I think we see more of it now, just because there's there's so much more of it. But it's not. It's also not as if everything Netflix has made is terrible, right? Like Stranger Things was huge, and granted, that's TV, sure. but that's still sure. like that's TV. It was never meant for the big screen. Um, and there are we also get a lot of movies that go into theaters that are not that are not big screen movies like you said one of the movies uh that you had for an option was christmas story christmas story is a great movie one of my um favorites but it's it's a small screen movie like you do not need to see that movie on a on a i'm sure it's great but it's you know it's just a smaller scope like there's very little spectacle in it right um so i think i think both things will continue to be to be made um You know, there's a lot of, maybe not a lot, but there. You know, we've had a decent amount of cinema quality television in the last five, ten years. Stuff like Game of Thrones or, um, you know, Discovery, Star Trek Discovery, or um, even Mandalorian would be great on the on a theater screen. Um, Right.
2: That's that's kind of one of my examples. There is that we we get we get some good stuff with like the Mandalorian with, with good production quality and it looks very movie quality ish stuff. But, um, I can tell you that see if I saw that on a big screen, it would have a totally different impact than, than I watch it. And I, and I had a bit, you know, like this last week, without going into this last week's one, had a big impact, but it would have an even bigger impact if you were able to feel it, be focused on it, not have someone in the kitchen saying, "Hey, do you want this for dinner?" and stuff like that right? oh yeah if
0: i you- I one hundred percent agree with that, and so I mean who you know who knows what the future holds, but if the big industrial players, the big corporate players in the movie space um start to fall apart as a result of you know the pandemic or whatever reason, maybe a little bit of antitrust. Uh, stuff you know (laughs) you know maybe we could have a world three five however many years from now where uh you know there's there's so i don't even know what would cause this but where a theater could show stranger things or mandalorian right like oh mandalorian is only on disney plus or you can go see it in the theater and it's a new like it's just for a week. It's there for a week, and then they're going to show the next episode. People would go to the theater to see that.
2: Uh, maybe I, I. It's one. It's also one of the things I think, pretty personally, that that I kind of feel a little missing out on is that I it, everything now has to be in eight-hour chunks. Like it's. I I like episodic TV. I, I do, but sometimes I'd I'd love to have a good just hour and a half, two-hour movie. Right. We just. We don't get that as much anymore. Everything has to be in these Yeah. I know it's it's money. It seems
1: understand. when I try to watch a movie at home now, since I'm at home, I can pause it and go do something else. So I I rarely sit down through a two and a half hour movie.
2: Sure. Right. And I and I think that right there causes movies to be lessened. I mean the yeah. the fact that you it, it seems convenient. But there's no denying that psychologically that takes you out of what's happening and what's being delivered by the director and the writers and the screenplay and the thing has an intentional pacing that that you're supposed to see things and hear the score in a certain way. But if you're like, yeah, but I'm going to run to the store real quick, you're Mm -hmm. completely out, right?
1: Or and if the movie's not holding my interest, well, maybe it's a different uh, experience. I'd be sitting in the theater thinking like, oh, man, how bad this movie is where now is I wouldn't do it, but if I'm at home and I start losing interest in that movie, my phone comes out right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. same. I mean,
0: day. we've, we've talked about that idea, a couple, just the, like the captive audience sense, I think, and you know, I don't know, maybe the, uh, um, this'll never happen. I think Tarantino did it with, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood or something that the idea of an intermission, like if you're, the, yeah. you know the the director or uh you know editor or whatever on a movie you can do you can you know put that stuff in seven samurai is shorter than avengers endgame but endgame doesn't have an intermission i'm like right. four hours is a long time to sit in a seat and uh i mean it's not <laughs> for me because i use the the run p app and go up and go <laughs> to, uh, i mean to, right? to get another beer but um yeah because there's nothing, you know, built into the movie to, uh, to allow for that.
2: Yeah. I've, I've, I've always, I, I admit that I'm a, a different breed and, and, and I'm not one to, uh, hold a, a perfect example for things, but that, that always used to be, to annoy me with things. Is like, I watched the Lord of the Rings movies and it would be offensive to me to ever want to leave it. Like almost every time I, I watch a movie, I, I make sure that I pee beforehand. And if I have to pee, it's like running. Like I, I make sure that I have to run because I, I don't want to miss. It's, it's just something in the back of my head about missing something. Or, oh,
0: I mean, ab- I absolutely you know? agree. I just think that as the person making the movie, you know, there are there are breaks, right? There are points where you've finished up a lot of action. You're about yeah. to move into a different sort of sort of phase of it, and you could put a break there instead of right. people right. having to you know, rush out because they've got, you know, a small child with them or whatever, or they want another beer like me, um, and end up missing part of your movie.
2: You know, you know, that that wouldn't be a terrible thing to do. It would be actually a really positive thing to do, like with Endgame, to put an intermission in Endgame or um in the Lord of the Rings movies and such. That it it causes breaks where you could go out and remember we used to talk to people like you go out and and talk and get you get sales for the for for more popcorn more candy more soda exactly right um and then like oh man that was so cool Like you can't believe what's what's iron man gonna do now right and then you go back (laughs) in and watch the rest um or in in bill's case you could leave it too right you're like i'm out of here screw this show yeah 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 they they should bring back the innovation i'm i'm with you on that one <laughs> that's a good idea um okay so moving along you want to talk about our, our our big our final
0: the our, last our finale 2020 challenge the the return of the jedi of the 100 movie 2020 challenge of the
2: the 100, 100 movie this is bill how how long we have been doing this 100 movie challenge dennis how long bill listen to this since two since two years since
0: two years uh, the first or second week in 2019, and actually, the hundred movies is a misnomer because both uh, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings were on here as full trilogies. So they sort yeah. of cheated with those. Yeah, uh. <laughs> they
2: did cheat with those.
0: But but I have always when
2: I when when I was younger before there was all these you know other things. When we said Star
0: Wars, you meant all three, right? Yeah, it's what I mean. It's what people mean. Now, I think, I contend that it's what people call a two-part trilogy. Um, in that the first movie stands, could stand on its own, but yeah, you, for sure, Empire and and Jedi, you need you need both of them, obviously, because Empire is a huge bummer. Yeah.
2: Uh So, do we want to we want to hop right into it then? Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right, so this week, as previously mentioned, we watched uh, Star Wars Original Trilogy, um, Star Wars, or as it's now called, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and The Return of the Jedi. All of us. Uh, as, Se-
2: as you 77, saying, 80,
0: and 83, uh, respectively. Right. So
2: six years in, in difference, and, and none of us, Bill, did you see any of these in the theater? I saw
1: Jedi in the theater.
2: You did? Okay. Yes. And, and Dennis, you didn't see any of these, right? No,
0: I was born in eighty one, so I saw. Okay. You would have been two. Yeah, yeah. The first movie I remember seeing in the theater was Lady and the Tramp, and that was a re, a re release like in eighty seven <laughs> or eighty eight. Um, I did see these in the the special edition re releases in the late nineties. Um, but that okay. was that was the only time I saw them in the theaters.
2: Yeah, I. I think that was the first time I saw them in the theaters as well. I watched mm-hmm. uh, I watched A New Hope at the IMAX in what's that downtown indie uh, theater thing? Uh, at
1: the actual the IMAX at the um, State Museum or at the mall? Yeah, at the
2: State Museum. Yeah, yeah. I, I went down at the Indiana State Museum and they had it and. I was amazed that I could see all the little details of everything on this humongous screen, and yeah, yeah. I mean, awesome. in
0: in those days, we were still watching these movies on VHS. Right? Yeah,
2: for, that's all I would watched them a hundred thousand times. Or at that point, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the um, I yeah, I I never did had seen them on the the big screen. The first time I ever watched one, uh, the first one I'd ever seen was uh, Empire Strikes Back. I was a kid. My uncle had rented it from what was called Hoosier Electronics. Sure, um, sure. And and we had uh it was a VHS and he put it in and we sat down and we were on one of those floor TVs that were mm-hmm. big and had uh, on the floor. Actually the TV itself wasn't big, but the you know, the, all the it was, chrome went around. It was with this it.
0: giant box. What did we what did we we watched something recently. Was it was it uh pulp fiction? I don't know. We watched something where they're like in I think it was pulp fiction and when this is a mild spoiler but in the overdose scene they go to this house that's kind of crappy and run down
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: and there's somebody watching tv in the other room and he's got one of those giant console tvs i don't think anybody much younger than me will remember this because i just barely remember my parents had one of these it's a big like (laughs) a piece of furniture right it's It's a piece of furniture it's like three feet tall four to six feet wide and there's a normal like 25 30 inch screen in the middle of it yeah um, it's not big yeah right in and, the middle. and they had in in pulp fiction they had a, a quote-unquote newer which was just like a 28 inch you know crt a really deep uh what you guys know what i'm talking about but yeah. anybody yeah. anybody younger i sold a i sold my first uh the first tv i guess the first tv that i bought new was a plasma like 42 inch yeah, And I sold it on Craigslist and the kid who bought it texted me and he said, this isn't one of those TVs with the back all big. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy, this, uh, <laughs> you know, millennial buy- but you know, it's whatever, um, <laughs> the back all big anyway, sorry, right. go on with your, I, interrupt.
2: I no, the, 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 actually, it's funny. It's thinking about those big floor TVs. Uh, they were sitting on the floor, right? Like the, yeah. how, how far how off the ground do you think those were? Like
0: the screen was what?
2: Six inches off the ground, maybe not more than eight inches. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's like so the opposite. It's the, the opposite
0: of the theater experience. You're looking down at the screen yeah. instead of instead of looking up. The other thing uh, you just said that was another bit of bit of nostalgia is that idea of um, electronics stores that rented movies. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's as far as I know, non-existent. There used to be one in the in the town here. Um And it's now like a church or something like even though there, there is stores there is there. still they, one. They,
2: you can look it up on on uh, online and there is still one operating blockbuster in, I think, Washington or Oregon. Nice. Somewhere. Nice. There are it's still it's the original one.
0: There are still a few, you know, remnants of, of video rental places. I know I see family videos still around. We don't see really any blockbusters anymore. But um, I mean, they, they were
2: destroyed by Redbox and
0: Netflix. Yeah. Yeah and yeah. blockbuster even tried to do the netflix well what netflix used to be everybody n- knows netflix is a streaming service now but they started as a dvd uh rental by mail um yeah. yep. service and I blockbuster blockbuster did the same thing and i don't know whatever happened they went bankrupt and yeah
2: well back back when we had this movie came out it was um and a lot of people watched it this way because, you know, movies would come out in theaters and they'd be gone forever type of yeah. thing. Yeah. So as, as many people have seen Star Wars, it's a testament to how much it was sold in the the, the VHS medium. Right. Uh, you know, later DVDs and Blu-rays and such like that. And laser discs. Um, but the, uh, so you would go to oftentimes electronic stores. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, camera, camcorders to, to buy and rent and You know, microphone equipment, speaker equipment, and then they would have, you know, movies that you could rent in those places. And my my uncle Brian went and got those and he got Empire Strikes Back. And we sat down, and the very first scene that I can remember seeing ever were the Adats and the Snow Speeders. Hmm. um, Yeah. The beginning. On Hoth. And it blew me away. It just blew me away with how cool it was and how realistic it looked. And, um, you know, full of adventure, and I was just the music was incredible and then the guy came out with a laser sword and mm-hmm. went up on top and then threw a grenade into it, and I was like, this is the <laughs> coolest thing ever um and, and ever since then, I've been you know I love ad and such in the same way um but yeah so so I fell in love with it then and i I don't remember later how long it was until I saw like episode four and the whole thing. I do remember in elementary school remember uh seeing um that the beginning at one of them it said episode something like five or four or something and I thought wait I don't understand how is this number four if this is the first one and I was really confused for a long time that I was missing something because remember I I watched number five for the first time yeah yeah and and I knew that and I found out there was movie before that so I must have thought that there's a one two or three and we didn't have the internet back then right so I mean it was just it was a good period of time and I didn't realize that there weren't one, twos, and threes.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it used to be I, this you know, whole like sort of underground uh um nerd culture where you'd have to get and share all this information. Um It was crazy. You just was crazy word of us. mouth, like with hearsay and, and stuff like that. I mean, I remember when I first because I was I was a teenager, probably in middle middle of high school when um, when I first got access to the Internet. And some of the first stuff I went looking for was all about Star Trek because nobody in my real life cared about it. Like my dad had watched it a little bit like the originals on on reruns and stuff, but nobody was anywhere near as interested in it as I was. And so I was like, are there this is the Internet is like, is there Star Trek stuff on the Internet? And of course there was. Um, of course there was but
2: yeah, yeah the, the the thing that you know and, and we're we've not talked a lot about the actual movies themselves here but i mean it, it's a a cultural phenomenon it's it's something that's you know there's books and dissertations written on this series so yeah i mean we easily say
0: but easily the most like well-known geeky pop culture uh, uh property i think I think by a wide sure. margin, like a lot of people know about Mario star Wars is more popular than Mario. Yeah, I would
2: agree. Uh, but some of the things oh, that, sure. that we can talk about that, it, that it's done is um, and, and that some people don't understand. I want to, I want to comment here about the generational part of it. So this mm-hmm. movie we watched th- that we all watched um, looking back, this four five and six is the kind of the things that started out. It's, it's a group of movies that you know that we watched and the three of us remember it because there was a large gap of time when there wasn't other content before or between that. So that was kind of all there was and that was what what consisted of Star Wars. Right. Um, but several generations, I mean two generations of people at least uh, removed from that, you get the prequels with 1 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, as much as you know people of our generation who just watched these movies like we did and remember that kind of a thing, all the stuff we talked about, you know, have all sorts of shade to throw on them, rightfully so. They're not great movies. But that was the Star Wars for their generation. And that's what they thought of Star Wars. They saw them in the theaters. They saw them on the big screen. They yeah. they saw the... Sure, they saw 4, or 5, and 6, but they never saw them more than just on TV while they're playing with their other, you know, My Little Ponies or or whatever they were playing with. Um, that they, they didn't um, really see them as movies. Um, but when, like, my daughter, my oldest daughter, saw you know, Jar Jar Binks or, or Anakin Skywalker and pod racing and stuff like that. That was her first, as we said earlier, captive audience experience where you're sitting there and you're seeing this huge things and colors and aliens and stuff. And it was, that's, that's what star Wars were for them. Sure. Um, And then moving along further. Now we have another generation later and we've got, um, you know, seven, eight, nine. And I've talked to Sydney yesterday and she's seen them all. Um and recently she just watched them all in like straight through uh on her own, which mm-hmm. I was proud of dad. <laughs> and she uh and I said, Hey, I, there's no judgment here, but you know, what, what's in your opinion, what's what's your favorite of all of them? And she said, probably definitely seven, eight, and nine, without without a question. Hmm. Uh it it was she says, There's nothing wrong. She started there's nothing wrong with four or five, I said, no, no, don't worry, it's fine. It's she says, I watched these when they came out. They they were Star Wars. Every, I knew what Star Wars was and everybody kind of knows Star Wars. It's like you said, the big pop culture thing of the world. But this is the first time that she said I got to go and experience it in its own way. Right. And then that was the story that I got to see. Um, mm-hmm. And those people and those characters and, and all that stuff. And sure, there's all this extra stuff that I can go back and watch and learn about Luke and Anakin and Leia and Han and all that stuff. But 789 was for her. Sure. Makes total sense. Yeah. Right. And so that, that's an interesting thing about, you know, how it culturally affects people. And we go into uh, toys and stuff. And I think because it lasted so long with us, we had like, the marketing was ridiculous. I mean, w- we held on to that for too long. How many toys did you have bill? Like, did you have, you had the Ewok even village, didn't you at the time?
1: Yeah. the Ewok village had an ad at, Snow speeders, speeder bikes. I had a fair amount. Not a ton like some kids do. I mean, what? I, I, I would still love Millennium to any I mean, that's how Star Wars held on to me. I think I was in high school or something like that. I was driving down the road, looked over, saw a yard sale. The lady had a Millennium Falcon sitting there in the yard sale. I went and bought it for a dollar in wow. high school. I was like, I have to have this. I didn't have it as a child. I have it now.
2: <laughs> I have it now. Oh. Yeah, it was. I mean, it it was fun there's there's all so many like stories about the stuff that's spin off with with culture and i mean everyone has some kind of a star wars thing whether whether you like it or not you you know of it so um for sure you know, George Lucas had an idea and did a thing and um if there's something somebody's affected history of of the medium he's he's done it mm-hmm. uh, for good or bad he he's he's definitely done that um so when we watched, we watched the, back to Dennis. You talked about watching other version, another version. Did you get to watch uh, like the re release or the unedited or something? You weren't yeah. There, watching?
0: there, are a couple of projects online because the as as far as I know, and I could be wrong about this. Um, uh, there is still no um official way to get uh, these movies. Pre special edition, right? Yeah. So with the added, uh, you know, CGI and some yeah. added change changes, extra different changes. Uh, I mean, maybe there's, unless you find them on the somewhere, where, where yeah, Han still no. shoots first. But yeah, um, yeah. one of those projects is called the despecialized edition, and I don't, I don't have a lot of like details into how these were made. As far as I know, people got access to whatever they could and ran it through programs to enhance and clean it up and whatever and it's i i first uh you know looked into these when uh, my family watched uh the movies on vhs because when um when they released them on dvd they were special editions and so for a long time the only way you could get pre special edition versions of these movies was on VHS. I was like, okay, well I get that, but it's still VHS. We have to like dig up our last VHS player or last VCR to to play yeah. these. There's got to be there's got to be a better way. Um yeah. So that's that's one uh copy of these movies and then there's another group uh doing something called 4K the 4K project. I don't know what the actual group is called, but they have um, A New Hope and Return of the Jedi in versions they call 4K77 and 4K83. Um, they're still working on Empire. And I don't know why they did them out of order. I think probably just because of whatever. And they're um, ju- and they're just 4K quality stuff? Is that right? I, I think that's what it is. Uh, we weren't able to watch the full 4K files because of our network in the house here, which was annoying. I think we watched them at like 1080. But still, the... Um, you know the versions of the movie with no none of the none of the special edition cgi was basically the main the main thing we i wanted to see like as close to the original theatrical uh piece and experience um as i could get and i know just to just to piggyback off of that concept of of cgi and special effects i was keenly watching for the special effects the visual effects um to see just what what they could do and and not do like um I noticed a marked difference in in the visual effects between uh 4 and 5 between A New Hope and, and Empire Strikes Back. Um Yeah, they got they got more money. Yeah, yeah. The, clearly the budget was higher. You could see, you know, stuff like the tantans and I'm like for the most part when it's up close like I can tell it's animatronic, but it's sure. still like you know, you could see it sort of in the background or in the foreground, moving around with somebody on it. And I'm like, this all looks pretty good still. Um, yeah. Surprisingly. And yeah. And so that was cool to uh,
2: build Which ones you've witness. seen, you've seen, so you were the one that said you saw originally in in, in the theater. Uh, do you have a favorite edition or something that you, that which one of those ones that you've seen that you liked or. I'm assuming you watched the ones that were on just like Disney Plus this, this last week, right?
1: Yeah, yes, I did. Um, my favorite edition, I mean, now granted, I haven't seen them forever, is still the VHS or the original copies. Mm-hmm. As close as they were to the original theater release.
2: So, so what is it that you... Okay, let's ask the other question. What is it that you didn't like about any of the new releases?
1: Well, I mean, just on a personal level, I've watched the VHS ones so long ago, but I watched them so many times. I can easily tell you that scene or that animal or that alien wasn't in the original. And to yeah. me now, yeah, there are special editions in 1997, but they look bad. It's bad CGI placed, you know, on the screen that it wasn't there prior. So, I, for I instance, agree. like when Luke is going <clears> in on the speeder with Obi-Wan into Tatooine or Mos Eisley Spaceport and the jaw was swinging from whatever long neck creature is there, it just doesn't hold up now. And it really didn't need to be added for any other than a cheap laugh. Yeah. You know, and when the uh, stormtroopers are scouting the desert, you know, and they're riding the big lizard, all of a sudden you get this lizard that I assume weighs 40 or, you know, four tons. And it's kind of bouncing around and the the stormtroopers riding on top of it. Well, the animatronics Mm. are like, well, this is probably how it looks. You know, it's just not, it doesn't look good.
2: Yeah, right. I, I would agree. I, I think that uh, for all those reasons you said, everything, maybe this is just a, a blanket statement. Anytime George added pa- past his original just made it worse. I mean, to, I'm not just talking about the, the, the original movies. I'm talking about anything he did with Star Wars past Return of the Jedi made Star Wars worse. Right There, were,
0: sure. there, there are a handful of questionable decisions in Return of the Jedi. Sure. Well, yes, right. So, so maybe, right. Maybe he just did it. I I think know, that's. I've I've like, never that. been posed that question. I'm you know, longtime listeners of the show will know that I'm a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, originalist. Whatever. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, slowly m- growing out of that as I get older. But, um, you know, so beyond just the idea of I want to see the original. Yeah, around the time that these. Special editions were being made was around the time that George was working on the prequels. So I I don't I don't yeah. I don't really trust trust his judgment in that era. No, not at <laughs> right? all. Yeah, I, I can't I can't help but be distracted
2: the same way Bill is, is talking about. Yeah, a- every time I watch it, and I know that's just me being uh, a original person knowing that, and like he's just to parrot what Bill said. I watched it a hundred thousand times, and you really notice it now. But it's it's all bad like it's all bad there's there's nothing new that was added that was good you could argue that um hans meeting jabba was a good addition but then again um lucas messed it up by putting in a really really terrible jabba in there mm-hmm. because it was a human actor that was yeah. jabba in the original footage um but it was just it's just every scene is horrible and then they go even worse in return of the jedi when they add it in the is it max Rebo dance scene
0: in, in the java's palace you're like this
2: this adds nothing
0: nothing yeah, was I, added i i sort of we had a little distraction conversation when that happened the scene that we saw in in return of the jedi there's a there's a muppet looking thing with really long like elongated lips singing yeah. on the stage yeah. and the and the twilight girl dancing and Jabba dropping her down into the um rancor cage yeah is the, and that's all original with the that's sc- not original that's that's all added well, in
1: the, special the, the twilight girl dancing was briefly and then you know she tried yeah. to break away or got mad at Jabba, and Jabba dropped right. her down in there but yeah there wasn't the Two minute long dance scene going
0: on. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's what we saw. It was not. It was not long. It was there's a little bit of dancing, and then she sort of tries to stand up to try. him and gets dropped on. But there's a a Muppet thing singing while that's happening. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that Muppet, Muppet thing been added, That's for sure. Yeah, that's been added,
2: and, and it's terrible because like her lips get really big to the camera. And it's like, oh man, he he really is in a different place in his life when he decided to add those. And mm-hmm. we've talked about this before about him wanting to add it for his kids. Cause he had like two to five year olds at the time. Right. So, you know, he was, he was very much excited with playing, you know, patty cake and poo poo, papa daddies, you know, type stuff at the time. And that was his every single day life which he brings to work. And that fun kind funny kind of, you know, uh, little Einstein type stuff gets put into to movies. Um, and it's well, just, it just, did, Parf- it just,
1: yeah. <laughs> just because he yeah. could, doesn't mean you should. This
0: doesn't mean you should no, Right, yeah. right.
2: Yeah. So anyway, I, yeah, I think those things really, really did not add anything to the movies. They they made them worse. And that's why there's a desire to, to see those, which is really weird that they wouldn't, like Disney, wouldn't re-release them. I mean, they're, I'm sure Disney, as much as Disney gets hammered on for people wanting, oh, they sure they just want to make money. This feels like one of those things that they could easily make money on. You know, just release it and get for those diehard people and they would buy it. Um you know, San special edition type thing. But mm-hmm. they, they don't, for some reason, I don't, I don't understand it, but anyway. Um, so how about that
0: big reveal since we're in spoilers se- session that, uh, <laughs> we didn't, know, I, I didn't hit the bell because there's, uh, no, <laughs> none of the major points of this story are, are mysteries. There is anybody, none. There is none. Uh, Just listening to, to this know. podcast. So, uh, Oh,
2: RIP, uh, David Prowse though. Like that. Yeah, happened I yeah, right?
0: meant, meant to bring that up.
2: Uh, David Prowse, for those not knowing, is the guy that actually played the um, Darth Vader. He wasn't the voice of Darth Vader, but he was he was the, the actor who played Darth Vader through the whole thing. And the sad the sad story of him is that he was told he would be he would he did the voice and he was told he'd be the voice through the entire making of the movie. Mm. And he, he was never told until he watched it that it wasn't his voice. Hmm. Um, and then now and then, have you
1: have you heard the, the track with him on that? what like when he is oh yeah 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 it's yeah. weird
2: it's weird it's really weird i mean you got well, james earl jones at, at this you, point james yeah. earl
0: jones is the iconic voice so yes it would be yeah yes. yeah that would be very But at
1: the same time you know it's it's james earl jones is also overdubs and it sounds perfect and then when yeah. you hear the original track you hear you know this oh, british just, guy speaking through a plastic raw... mask through a coffee filter yeah. yeah yeah it's just raw footage
2: yeah it's, it's rough. And, and and granted he, he, he dubbed, he did dub. I wonder what happened to his dubs. I wonder if that ever they get that put on there. um That'd be another one of those super release things. um But yeah, he, he it was kind of, you know, he was gypped of it, but he was t- the worst. <laughs> it gets worse is that when he found out and he went and talked to George about it, George said, it's okay. It's okay. George himself said, we're going to in the story. Now we're gonna, able to make two and three. We're going to reveal him, and you will they'll see your face, they'll see that it's you, and you'll be able to use your voice. And again, not until he saw it in the theater, when they took off that he, that, that um, George Lucas had brought in a different actor and reshot that scene. That's so in strange. pickups. I know. Like he just that was just so wrong. It was <laughs> so wrong that it couldn't even just be him in the, in the thing
1: did him no favors now i he met him no I met f- david no krauss. krauss back in 2001 w- was hmm. he a tall fellow funny. oh yeah was he's pretty tall He uh, tall as you <laughs> think so i got an autograph and he actually signed it the real darth vader nice david that's krauss great.
2: yeah <laughs> that's great well it's you know i the they the only the, I have all the little anecdotes stories and making ofs and stuff that, the, the one that i like to to share it's really short is that uh if you watch the making of the first movie and you hear that you know the tracks with Carrie at uh, Fisher and, and uh Mark Hamill and all them talking about it and while they're making the movie, mm. all of them, every single person on the set, all of the English people in London who were making it thought it was a joke. They really, yeah. as they were making it, thought it was terrible. Um the, the three main actors were just having a good time, mm-hmm. right? They were they thought this was just a a movie that they were going to do and have a good time, like summer camp, and hang out, right? Um, and and they were having fun because it's really really corny.
1: Mm-hmm. And we
2: know also that um, Obi Wan Kenobi actor was doing this just for a paycheck and didn't didn't like it.
0: Oh yeah, my, um, one of my parents read the the quote. There's a, there's a quote from Alec Guinness in an interview after he saw the movie. And he had better yeah. feelings about it after having having watched it. Like, he could see where the story was. And his main criticism, I mean, it wasn't high praise. It was like, you know, a flashy, fun, noisy adventure. And the the combat scenes at the end went on about five minutes too long, in his words. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> which is, is, which is kind of him. funny. But, of course, he was, you know, he was the veteran actor on that stage, on that set. He was, you know, we saw him in in Lawrence of Arabia and he had done a bunch of other stuff. So when he comes on screen and he delivers these lines, you're like, "Wow, there's just a gravitas here that you know, obviously Mark Hamill at that age could not compete with. He's so, you know, no, right. young and whiny and and all of those things, but Right, right. Yeah, the
2: so so when when they were making that, the the thing is is that when uh I think Carrie Fisher was the one that that conveyed it to the the making of stories. She said when we sat down, and everyone at not until the very first showing, uh, when they finally got uh, a little guy by the name of John Williams to put this score to it, did we realize what we actually made. Yeah. So we saw, we saw dailies. We all saw like the clips and the making, this and the the um, the sound, and we knew all the, what it was kind of looked like, and it still looked very corny. Not until that soundtrack in there did we actually realize, oh my god, this is like an actual movie and it was yeah. done. Like it was already made. Right. Right. Um, and I would, I hold that up to the simple fact that I still don't believe that star Wars would have been anything anywhere near. It would have just been another blip on, uh, uh many sci-fi movies that were out of the time. If it wasn't for John Williams, I think that
1: he, I'd, I'd agree with that hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. It would not, it would not hold up. It would be another, I mean, we talked about how bad the the music in Terminator is or, um, yeah. uh, Highlander has the opposite problem, like oh, the God. music is the only part of Highlander that Highlander. holds up uh, the yeah. queen soundtrack
2: i but, yeah so so john waves is the is the heart and soul of that and and thankfully you know people are the guy's like ninety five hundred years old now he's not going to keep making them, but uh with things like solo and Rogue One, we got new new people who were able to take his sounds and make them for a new generation, which are nice.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I should know this if I'm going to bring it up, but um, I don't know who's doing the music for The Mandalorian. Um, It's not Mm. him, but it it is. I mean, uh, I mean, this is just my opinion, but I think it I think it's perfect um, for that show and what that show is like it. It's different. It's not Mm. John Williams epic score, um, but it's. It encapsulates that sort of spaghetti western style of music, but mm-hmm. but just just spacey sci-fi enough um, to to yeah. to match the tone of the show um, very well.
2: Right. I I I think that it's even more uh, noticeable when in the last like last week and the week before, without going into those episodes, they were. Were more Star Warsy. I'm going to say they they were mm-hmm. much more spacey and Star Warsy type stuff, and the music in that is very Star Warsy. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden it will shift quickly to that Mandalorian theme and that Western type stuff. And it's right when they're trying to push this kind of like he's a you know who he is and you know it's a Western type scene. They want you to remember that this is Star Wars. But it's also the Mandalorian, right? And the music helps that. The the, the one scene I'm particularly talking about is there's a last episode, there's a scene where he does like a high noon standoff with someone and and they start, I almost wanted to hear the doodoloo type thing mm-hmm. happen. Uh, and the, But the music conveyed that as well. Anyway, yeah. so these are, these are our last three. I think that they were good ones to to end with um, our 2020 challenge with a, uh, belong on this list i mean
0: i don't think anyone would argue that um yeah they're they're probably on the on the list of on the list of movies on this poster that you've probably already seen making it kind yeah. of unnecessary to put them on a bucket list um this is probably at the top of the list i mean shawshank yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, Raiders and, and, and Back honestly, to the though, Future, ghostbusters as like, time those goes are on, on pretty high bill
2: aren't you amazed at how many people haven't actually seen it
1: um yeah i would say i mean
2: i mean i'm always coming against people who are like 30 to 35 and below who are still like yeah i never saw the originals actually like oh man
0: i could see that i mean i mean for a long time there you know like you said there was just a you know a drought of opportunity it's like the the various 80s pop culture movies that i did not see until we watched them for the podcast in the last three years stuff like um uh not goonies but uh sandlot or um uh ghostbusters um you know it just you know uh we didn't have streaming until about 10 years ago and even then like there was no like main primary stuff on netflix for for years and years i mean what i mean is you know you could find all the sequels to a thing and obviously you know star wars doesn't have that sort of um that sort of transition but like you would find you you know ghostbusters 2 would be on there but original ghostbusters wasn't oh right right,
1: on netflix right yeah well, and I think, too, maybe that, again, if you look back before streaming and everything came out, say, for example, you know, I was kind of raised, brought up into it because my dad was a fan of it. So All if you right. had parents that it wasn't their thing, you know, you might go through your whole childhood or adolescence, you know, not knowing about it. Yeah, sure. If there's
0: nobody, yeah. you know,
2: if there's nobody like, to, hey, show you it need
1: to, to watch you. this or yeah. Yeah.
2: Now, now, the only caveat that I would say is that one of the reasons that it endured for the 30, 35 years before it had more episodes is because for at least 10 to 15 of those, it was always shown on Christmas. Mm. You could, so it was always on TV on major networks. It was always shown on Christmas. So that's one of the reasons why it was almost impossible for when I was in high school ish for someone to say, you haven't seen it. It's on every Christmas. It's kind of like now saying you haven't seen a Christmas story it's on every Christmas. Right. You know, at least you've seen it once in your life. Right. Uh, well, now mean, at some yeah. point they stopped that. They stopped showing star Wars on Christmas, yeah. but
1: I um, mean, they're seeing it. I mean, everybody's heard of it. Like, yeah, I've seen it. I've heard somebody might be like, yeah, I watched it for 30 seconds. I don't like sure. space operas, you know, and right. They right. turned it off or you turned it on and your mom's like, Hey, turn that off. And you flip it over to something else. There, I there think are maybe definitely, the
0: reason- there are definitely uh, segments and sequences in these movies, especially in Jedi where well and even the space battles if you don't know what's going on um to just turn on this and and not know and not know what it is like um i was a you know i noticed that a lot in new hope like you get pretty far into new hope i don't think it's even until maybe when alec guinness shows up where what's happening on screen is not just complete uh you know crazy nonsense if you've never seen it if you don't know what stormtroopers are if you don't know who darth vader or uh c-3po and r2d if you don't know any of this stuff it's just nonsense for like 20 minutes um, oh, before you get any kind of explanation or exposition aside from the yeah you know the um the text scroll Yeah, because there's and there's so, not a
2: there's not a goal or there's nothing happening just just these droids it's walking just, around it's just
0: a lot of really wild spectacle if you if you're not familiar with it so yeah I could see if you turn yeah. it on and you're like what is going you know you you turn on right in the middle of Mos Eisley or you see the Ewoks doing something in in Jedi and it just it looks like crazy nonsense yeah
2: and if, if you, you think if about you don't it know. if you think about it from that context really if you're watching this and never seen Star Wars it, for us it's very difficult to see that kind of a perspective right but if you hadn't uh just think about it. The movie doesn't get a course until Obi wan says the, the phrase, uh, "You've got to go with me to Mos Eisley if you want to train to be a Jedi like your father," like or right. something like to that to that extent. Like he says it right there in one short words. He just straight up this kid he just met tells him, you know, I mean, you think that the time he just met um, that he uh, he's gonna he's gonna leave his family and go become a Jedi. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, He just tells him, like, you're going to leave your family. You're going to come with me to Mosiah's lease. And you're going to learn the ways of the forest, like your father and, and become a Jedi Knight. And you're like, what? And that's, that's the story. All of a sudden that becomes, now you have finally have a story and a goal to the show. Right. And, and the help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Those, those two times are when, when you finally have a a goal, but before then they're just these droids wandering around the desert and you're right. Spectacle is the, is the good word. It's big spaceship and vast deserts and, and Jawas and right. Just weird yeah. Spacey things. And if you don't like that, I'm sure that would be.
0: Yeah. For long me, long. for me, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like watching these for the first time because I have enough context on the whole, on the whole world. I've definitely seen all of them at least once. Um, but I definitely came to them later in life, like I don't think I mean, I'm sure that I saw the the ships tripping the ad ads on Hoth and stuff when I was fairly young. Um yeah. but by the time we got to a place where they could easily be rewatched, at least um, you know, as far as like getting getting the VHS or the DVDs. Um <sighs> I think really, I mean, by the time they were on DVDs, right, we were in prequel territory and the, you know, the, mm, they yeah. were kind of out of favor, right? The whole franchise was out of favor because of the prequels. And yeah. that was also around the time that I was wrapping up college and I had developed this sort of, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? This sort of philosophy of there is just a a mountain of archival uh, movies and materials and also new stuff coming out all the time. I definitely never wanted to rewatch anything like I would with my family. Like we're going to rewatch, you know, it's a wonderful life because we watch it every year. Like that's a thing. But if I'm just going to sit down and watch something, I have a back catalog of new stuff to watch or old stuff that that I've never seen to. So it never even crossed my mind to go back and rewatch star Wars.
2: I, I can appreciate that for sure i'm I am notorious for being someone who does the opposite of that that i that I watch things religiously i'm a lot of people ask me you know why do you buy a thing still you still buy things because I actually do watch them right stupidly over and over again um but i I think that I'm the r- rare person to do that and I think you're right there's so much out there it's I'm sure you that, could watch a I'm new sure movie people every, still every do day everything. and not
0: cover things you know you you get you get stories like they're they're finally taking the office (laughs) off of netflix and you know people are like oh what are we gonna do and you know there are thousands probably at least tens of thousands of people with the dvd box set going well okay i'll just watch i'll just watch the discs like yeah uh, exactly uh, i don't care which i I, i'm not so much in that in that philosophy anymore of no rewatching. i'm currently on my like my third or fourth rewatch of The Office. I don't watch it all the way through, so it's kind of no it's right, kind but, of sporadic but, there. But there's a you know there's But a I time... get it.
2: I get that though, right? Like you, you there's so much good stuff and you know we're we've, we we said multiple times. We're glutton gluttony of awesomeness these days of games and right. entertainment that you could watch a, a decent or at least a B list movie every day
0: and still not have to watch things twice. And so know? and so for me watching these movies, I knew all of the high points right i knew the overall story it's kind of like when you uh watch an adaptation or or something or you have the plot of something spoiled for you but you watch it anyway Mm -hmm. you get to see all the details and how stuff um how stuff unfolds like there's um you know i don't i don't think anyone will will argue with me that return of the jedi is the weakest of these three movies but mm-hmm. i had forgotten just how much ewok nonsense is in that movie like nice. they're they're throwing <laughs> rocks at the stormtroopers and then they're throwing more rocks and now they're tripping them and now they're gonna cut these logs and smash the atst with it and yeah. it just goes on forever and yeah. i'm like are we gonna get till they knock the shield down so they can they can do they can fly the falcon in and do that or we get into that. I also didn't realize how much um stuff that I saw and either rolled my eyes or kind of just looked sideways at in the newer movies comes straight out of original movies particularly Jedi like all different stuff with um with Admiral Akbar and mm. um and some of those things and so when you know I, then I remember stuff that I saw in Rogue One and uh and other of the like the new trilogy, I went. Oh, that is a that was a thing all the way as far back um, as the original movies. And that explains why they put it in the new ones, and it wasn't just a just a new made up thing.
2: Yeah, the Bill, were you ever a Jedi Return of the Jedi fan? I'm not sure. Where I mean, it it sat- yeah,
1: I enjoy it because again, like be honest, it's either a toss up between Jedi or maybe. A Disney cartoon my mom took me to see. One of those two is the first <laughs> thing I remember seeing in the theater. Oh, yeah, right.
2: You said that. And right. they're
1: yeah. actually two totally different theaters on two totally different sides of a town. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I know specifically which, you know, what I saw and where. Yeah. But I mean, when I think it, it came out 84, so I was eight. I mean, so I was pretty much in the whole movie,
2: you yeah. know, and
1: I wasn't too much Oh, that much eight over, years like, old
2: with the Ewoks would be great. Right. Yeah, I
1: wasn't like, I mean, it was t- it was all plausible, you know. Yeah, no, that like, makes sense. These teddy bears are beating up the stalls. <laughs> yeah, shooters, I'll you know? I've been right. in college. I'm like, this is trash. You I'll know, say <laughs> I'll say something
0: something that I that I forgot. I was going to mention this earlier. We had one of the Ewoks movies on VHS, and it might have been like recorded off of TV. I don't know if we had like a yeah. commercial. Yeah, I think VHS. it was on TV. Yeah, um, those were so bad. There are two of them. I don't remember which one it was, but a family crashes their star cruiser whatever they called it it's like a space car and they hang out with these ewoks and like there's a sister and brother and the brother like touches this water and gets trapped underneath there's like maybe some kind of witch and then they're in a they're in a thing with a giant and it's the like green screen uh kind of stuff but i think i probably watched that before i had ever seen star wars any Star oh. Wars, and <laughs> so like it was just an ewok movie like i don't think i even knew that they were in the same universe uh for a long time i mean i haven't it's funny that, uh, i haven't seen them yeah. recently it was just something we had when i was a kid and it's kind sure. of i don't know it seems like <laughs> it funny. would be kind of disturbing to a kid but probably not any more so than like never ending story or other yeah, uh, sure kids right, sure. kids movies in the 80s yeah.
2: Well, I, I I will say that for for my part, again, again, I've been a space nerd and I like the sci-fi and science and space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's why the the all the the space battles are by far and away my favorite um, parts of all the Star Wars movies. Um, but the I didn't like Yoda. I thought he was really you know kind of goofy. The introduction and, of
0: Yoda is is really goofy. It it gave me strong. Uh... Um, I mean, I don't. I won't say Jar Jar Binks. That's a little too harsh. But yeah, yeah, some right. of the some of the ridiculous stuff that we've seen um, the child Baby Yoda do, right. I'm like, oh yeah, just complete self, mostly self focused. Like wants food all the time, kind of thing. That's exactly like yeah. the first ten minutes of of Yoda right. on the screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yoda was yeah, supposed to be when, like
1: that. When yeah. I was younger, I'd I'd always skip da- Dagobah. It was like yeah, forward, Dagobah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, Dagobah. I, I mean, I still want to skip Dagobah all the time. Granted, there's some there's some nuggets of wisdom there, you know that you, that are essential to Star Wars. There's there is no try, there is only do or something, you know. There's um, when he lifts the, the X-wing out of not, this there stuff. is no the stuff. Do or do not. There is no try. Right there, you know. Uh, think. You, you, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and the and the when he's too small, you think I'm too small, and he lifts the the X-wing out. Things like that, you got to have, right? But Judge still, me by I, my
1: size, do. You? Right.
2: That that stuff, I, I never... You know, I just... It was fine, but I never liked the Dagobah And I never liked the Ewoks, too. The, and the Ewoks were the, still the, the thing that... You know, as a Star Wars fan, I'd be like, Okay, yeah, yeah, let's talk about something else. Because, yeah. you know, they're beating up... They're, they got little, little teddy bears with sticks and stones, and they're beating up Storm... The coolest... Armies in the world, right? Guys with these with,
0: huge guys with guns and armor are getting yeah, beaten it, up by these little teddy bears with tiny bows made out of sticks. It, it was it
2: was very. I was always glanced and like, yeah, but wait till the next scene because as soon as the next scene comes, then they're flying through the cool space with the best like, you know, a ship, the Millennium Falcon, flying through five hundred Tie fighters, which is gets you super pumped. So it was it, it's Return of the Jedi is a a mixture for me because I don't want to watch any of that. But I also you know want to see that because then you have them going to the ewok village with the corny uh um goldenrod thing where he's the god and and he's uh yeah um, yeah three p o but then then you have him really soon after talking very seriously to Darth Vader about becoming you know coming yeah. they're still in him, which is very very cool, so it's Jedi has just like hills and valleys all over weird, the place weird
0: tone shifts yeah it reminded yeah. me there were moments in the space battles that i was reminded of uh season two of discovery when the space battle just got crazy nonsense just got crazy um right. yeah i had that i had a little bit of that kind of feeling i was like what's even happening right here
2: yeah so much happening uh, which again for someone who liked it is cool the um i, I still had, had the problem of it them shoehorning leia as a as a jedi into the end of the movie because it it really that felt like okay they did that with the second one they had a big thing now they have to just give us this other one which felt weird and then Mm -hmm. they tried to say like that she knew it the whole time although they were making out before you know and and i always thought it was weird to me because i thought that 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 uh luke and leia were going to end up together of course you know and then what like Mm -hmm. what that felt like it was totally tacked on there at
1: the end but Ever. sure now so here's here's the question i guess for you guys um i mean maybe not so much for dennis because he hasn't watched all that much but i would say episode five uh empire strikes back is would probably universally be judged as the best out of all the movies sure uh, we've got a correct assumption i would say um but actually star wars or a new hope is actually number 15 on the afi list mm-hmm. the american yeah. film institute list
2: same with IMDb, yeah,
1: but the other two aren't aren't even mentioned in the top one hundred.
2: Well, sure. Uh, now,
1: why do you think that is? Well, that's is easy. It, that's because that, it it's, set it in motion.
2: No, yes, and no. I, it's the same reason that Return of the King won every award. It's because they want to recognize one movie. And it's the same reason why we're watching this week. We watch three movies as one. You know, it's they're trying to say that the Star Wars is. Movie is those three movies. And we're just going to pick one. I think. And and put that one. uh,
0: Well, I don't know. I mean,
2: don't get me wrong. Jedi doesn't probably belong there by itself, but
0: yeah, I think, I think that's, that's part of what's happening. I think it's because of what I was saying earlier. um, Star Wars, a new hope is a self-contained story like there are nuggets of foreshadowing and you can tell that george had some ideas i don't know i'm saying george as if i know him personally but um that lucas had some ideas for where the story was going to go um but there's no uh you know none of the the big reveals in empire and watching empire i was like boy, this movie is such a downer. And I know that that is the whole thing, right? Like trilogies that have a dark second act, they always say it's the Empire Strikes Back of, you know, Game of Thrones or whatever. Um, yeah. Because it's just like nothing goes right at any point. Um, yeah.
2: Well, uh, here's something, and we'll we'll wrap it up with this thing, with the comment on, on the series. It kind of addresses Bill's thing and, and your thing. George Lucas, and what he says past um uh 1985 is is not the same thing, is not to be trusted with what George Lucas said pre 1985 about Star Wars. Because when when he's making he said that he he's in several interviews where he talks about um he had this great idea for the story and he wanted to tell it, and uh, you know, where wherever he got inspiration from, he's it's been out there and all the things. But he didn't um he, uh he didn't know if he'd have two or three, right? He didn't know yeah, if he'd, he'd make right. more, yeah, he'd like to he, he had a whole in-depth thing he'd like to do, but he really thought he'd just get enough money and he'd tell the thing, and that's why the death star blows up at the end. He told it as quick as he could in one thing, um you know, the whole story. He told the whole story. But then now they're like, yes, you can have more. Yes, we want more. Here's more money. Here's more thing. You got green light to do two and three. And he's like, okay, now I can tell the whole story. I just have to do it again. That's why he blows up the, the Death Star again. Because that was the end <laughs> to his yeah. whole thing. Yeah. That was the end to his story. was that you end with them going on the thing and blowing up the Death Star. So he just, he had to expand it and do the Hobbit thing where he draws it out and makes it bigger. And, and he's, he did a good job overall. But that's why a new hope is actually the whole story. It is, it's just condensed. Um, and then he expands upon it within two and three and they end up in the same place. I
0: think maybe if, if Lucas had been given the resources that Peter Jackson got to make Lord of the Rings, now it's a question like, would he have made Lord of the Rings or would he have made the Hobbit? Who knows? Um, you know, I mean, we saw the prequels that he made, but that's different. That was influenced by 30 years of, yeah of success of the original trilogy i think if yeah. he had gotten and the life. resources to make a trilogy you know he probably could have made but if you're evaluating movies in isolation yeah. um then then a new hope is absolutely the best because it's the it's a complete story like from yeah. start to finish you too. start with you start with no information at all right and get thrown like i said in the first 20 minutes all this nonsense and then it comes together And you get, it definitely feels rushed because it's one movie, you know, you get to where like these characters have not known each other long enough to have these sort of strong emotions, but they're also going through, you know, sort of serious borderline traumatic in some cases, uh, events. So, you know, you you can have some of that. Um, and it goes from start to finish and has all of the, all of the pieces that you need and the, I'm I should look up sometime. There's got to be a term for this trope of uh, Han showing up at the last minute. Like, I've seen it in many things. Like, it's in Lord of the Rings. Um, it's in the new movies. Sure. You know, they do it in, in the new, not the new, but the 2009 when Star it, Trek. Everything's movie. lost, and somebody comes in. All to save hope the is day. lost, and somebody yep. that you thought was gone comes back uh, to save the day, and it's great. Um, yeah. Like, there's, there's got to be a, a term for that, right? All of that exists in that original first movie um yeah and and it's great
2: and, and and again they end up at the end of jedi in the same place that they ended up at the end of new hope like it's they defeated the the empire and everybody's you know everything's done right like that's we just got fleshed out more stuff in in five and six but still you could have ended it's it still for, the same story just a little longer. it's the same story just longer right uh, so maybe Bill, that's one of the reasons. Is you know, it, it's the same story, you know, and it's you're right. Uh, if you take it as a, a three act thing, the second act is the second act is is the best in a lot of stories. Uh, the second act is always arguably the the, the best, most medius act. Um, but I agree with Dennis. In isolation, by themselves, it is it is a whole story um, by itself. Sure, whether sure, it's better or not. Well, that's that's it for our 2020 challenge, and and uh, I'm excited to move into the things. Are we are we even talking about what we're doing next? We're just gonna wing it as we go. Well, from week for to the week now,
0: for for the next few weeks, I think we've got to do some holiday stuff, and I think we're gonna take your suggestion from last week and start off with the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think which that's Bill,
2: which Bill Bill gives us a preview. He watched that last week, right, Bill? You, yeah. With, be warned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be warned. <laughs> As a big Star Wars fan, uh, are you embarrassed of it or are you like every everyone should watch this once?
1: Um, as a rather large Star Wars fan, I would actually go on public record, I guess, since this is a podcast, and say I enjoyed the Phantom Menace more. Wow. Than the wow Christmas special. And you hated that Phantom Menace statement. Fashion. Remember those movies talking about walking out of if I had the chance? Yeah, that yep. would have mm-hmm. been one of them. Wow, the only the only uh, Star Wars actually other than the Last Jedi, those are the only two I do not own. In some <laughs> form of media, <laughs>
2: the Phantom Menace, so, so
1: you, the Last Jedi, and the holiday, and somebody.
2: now the holiday special. You you're, so if I if I put, if I put it in your stocking this year, you would you would not you know keep it forever and ever, treasure it. Oh, no. okay. So we'll we'll watch that coming up, and we'll watch some holiday stuff, and then we'll we'll discuss what we're gonna do with the, our our media time.
0: yeah yeah we'll probably you know catch up on the tv shows um right um, and have and have some other stuff to talk about next week i
2: do do like the idea of trying to fill in some of the holes with things that either of us may have been found missing on this thing that are worth watching a few here and there Hmm. i can only think of a few but i know i know of a couple that i think are must sees that were on this list cool all right well bill thanks for being on the show again buddy
1: well, guys, thanks for having me again. I
2: really appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah, bet. I think we did it, Dennis. We saved all the lives today, and through our 2020 challenge, we have brought 2020 to an end.
0: Now the coronavirus is over. Yep, it's all it's all done. It's all it's all good. We finished it. <laughs> all right. Well, you've been listening to the Front Porches, episode 171. Thanks as always to our friends, Geek Scholars, Movie News, and LRM Online. Uh, if you have questions, comments, feedback, uh, suggestions for... What we should do next, if, if another long-term project, or just from week to week, if you have ideas for shows or movies that we haven't talked about or that we've missed, um, you can hit us up via email. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com, or use uh, the contact forms on our website. That address, as always, is frontporchpodcast.com. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing at all the places. Thanks, as always, for listening. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. And Bill for the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Hey,
1: force